Amen. All right. Well, thank you again for your giving. And uh, I'll tell you, today on Father's Day, I think that we need to spend a moment uh, considering together some of the kind of things that dads give their kids, all right? And, uh, and you'll see where, where we're headed with this. But uh, who can think of something that, what kind of things do, our, do we as fathers, for those that are fathers, what do we give our kids? Any ideas? Just principles, okay? What else? We need to generate 5, 10, 15 ideas. What kind of things do we give our kids? Love, okay? Discipline. I love that one. Respect, all right? How about spankings, all right? All right, okay. What else do we give our kids? Security blanket? Is that what you said? All right, a security blanket, for sure. How many dads give advice, right? Sure we do. What else do we give our kids? Money. How many of you dads have given your kids a credit card, all right? Just any, anybody? You do, Jim. It was an old one, okay. <laughs> I was thinking, man, you're crazy. We give our kids rides here and there, and uh, a lot of times moms do that too. Uh, we give our kids toys. We give them encouragement, uh, love and respect. We give them all kinds of things. And you know, by and large, how many dads would agree that we desire to give our kids good things and great things if we can? If we can afford it, we'd give our kids the world, wouldn't we? There's nothing that we would hold back if, if money wasn't an issue. Well, in China, um, Rick, you can attest to this, we were shopping because, uh, because of our, the change of our plans of our China trip that we talked about a few weeks ago. In China, we had an opportunity, the group of men that were together, 15 of us, to become expert gift givers or gift buyers. And, uh, and we were able to, to shop uh, on multiple occasions looking for things. And I took it pretty seriously, didn't I, Rick? I mean, I was doing uh, research and I was negotiating. I would walk away and come back. And, I, and what, what they said was to get the best deal, you got to take notes. And so you, you kind of you know, play each other. And uh, so I'm taking notes. I had a list of things that I thought I might want to get for the kids and for Jessica. But when it came to my kids, I wanted to bring them back something that was pretty special. And I was able to do that. And, uh, and it was so cool how um, uh, Rick was there with me. And Rick was, let me just tell you, Rick is a generous man. We would negotiate I hope this doesn't embarrass you, if it does, too bad. We would negotiate, and I would get this great deal, you know, and we'd work together on, you know, get something. And then I think Rick would just give him full price, because he just, he, he thought that that was just great. And he would just bless these people, and I thought, well, that's, that's good, you can do that. And, uh, but, uh, but we had a good time, and it's fun, because dads want to give good things. And you know what? The same is true about our Heavenly Father. Isn't that true? I want you to turn it with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. You can follow along. If you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles on the back table. You can grab one and follow along and uh, get up and grab one of those, and we'd encourage you to do that. But it says in Matthew 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For he who seeks... Or who asks receives, who he who seeks finds, and who he who knocks, the door will be open. 
Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others as you'd have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Now if you flip over to, to Luke chapter 11, verse 13, it, it's at the end of that same sort of passage. It's in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, same thing, starting verse 9, ask and it'll be given to you, seek and you shall find, knock the door will be open to you. Luke 11, 9, right? Uh, that's how we remembered it in kids' church. But in verse 13, listen to what it says specifically about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, Julie, nice to have you here, and little Joseph's here, all right? Welcome. I didn't see it just till now, and so uh, how you feeling? Feeling good? You're tired? Well, if she's starting to snore, Alicia, you just turn around and just give her a little nudge, and uh, she'll, she'll be fine, all right? And uh, that's great. But in verse 13, it says, if you then, again, though you are evil, and us dads, we're, you know, we're, we have a sin nature, know how to give good gifts to our children, we would give anything to give our gifts to, the, to our kids, we'd give the world if we could. It says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You know, when I was thinking this week, preparing for a Father's Day message and, and wanting to kind of combine it with the Holy Spirit, this verse just leapt out to me. And as I thought about this and I thought about my dad growing up, one of the gifts my dad gave me was a Pentecostal heritage. In fact, I think I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. When I was 9 or 10, maybe 11 years old, my dad and I were camping with a group from the church. It was at that camp meeting, way up in Gaylord, Michigan, that the Holy Spirit filled me for the first time. And what was so neat about it is that I had seen the Holy Spirit at work in my family's life and in my dad's life specifically. I had heard him pray in the Spirit and, and on a regular basis uh, for us, uh, for our family, and, and for others. In that, and in that setting, there was an opportunity for me to seek the Holy Spirit personally. And my dad was the one that was praying with me when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I realized that is a treasure that I'll be able to have. But you know, my dad, as much as he wanted me to have that gift of the Holy Spirit, how many, how many of you know even more than that, the Holy Spirit, God himself, was desiring for me to seek that as his son. And, you know, I'll remember that. See, my dad gave me a lot of things. He gave me lots of things through my life. He taught me how to play basketball. He gave me a pretty good work ethic, usually. Um, uh, pretty, it's hard when Jessica's kind of shaking her head. And on my day off, I like to make a list and stay really busy. Um, but my dad taught me to build things, and he taught me uh, to have a love for cars and how to take care of cars. In fact, just yesterday, I was changing the oil uh, on my truck, and, and I was thinking about my dad. My dad, when I was very young, he would have me underneath the car with him, just watching, 
And when I was old enough, I was able to change the oil for my dad. He was smart. He thought, if I can get him to do it, then I don't have to. I'm sure that's what it was. But you know, what's interesting is I grew, even with my dad, you know, even though he is evil, like the Bible said, and, you know, the, I love him, but he has a sin nature just like we all do. But my dad, he wanted to give me all these great things, but sometimes as a son, and I'm sure none of you are like this, we resist what our fathers want for us. Has anyone ever been there before? Maybe you slip into, as you grow, you get into this mode like, ah, maybe I know better than my dad. Or maybe you forget the fact that your dad has your best interest and you resist what, what our fathers would have, okay? And I'll tell you, there was one time I resisted my dad's help and it was not pretty. And what happened was I was buying a car, and if you knew me, from the time I was 16, or actually like 15, to the time I got married when I was 19, um, I had a ton of cars, okay? Because my dad, we would buy them, sell them, and, and, and do that, and, and so some of you wonder where I get that from. It's from my dad. Uh, I like to do that to kind of to play uh, with, with cars like that. But anyway, I had this, we went to go look at this car, and I'm thinking I'm pretty uh, confident. I, I want to negotiate. It was my own money. But my dad spoke up at that moment. And he said, well, what's, you know, what's the least would you take? Would you, would you take $700 for this car? The guy was asking 1000 and uh, for the little escort that ended up, we ended up driving for a long time, and then we gave it away, remember? <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, uh, it was in, in that moment when my dad did the negotiating, Oh, everything within me resisted his help. And the guy said, sure, I'll, I'll take 700 And I'm thinking, well, now we can't go lower than 700 Dad, why did you do that? You know, I was going to negotiate. In my mind, I was, it was spinning. And I didn't say anything right there. We had to leave and go get the money. And while we were getting the money, I said, Dad, I don't appreciate you, you doing that. that I, this was my car. I was supposed to negotiate. And I think I could have got a better deal. <laughs> And in that moment, he said, well, Ben, he said, he humbled himself. He said, I'm sorry, I, I should have let, let, you, let you talk. And I went back, and we went in, and I had the guts to ask the guy. I said, you know, um, I, I, uh, I, I think, you know, I, I'd really like to give you less than $700. Is there any way you would take less? You know, and the guy said, no. In fact, I wasn't going to take less than a thousand, but your dad, you know, doing the talking for you, uh, I, I decided, okay, because your dad was with you. And I'm thinking, man, my pride in that moment got in my way, and I had to apologize to my dad. But what was interesting is that as my dad kind of was that covering in that moment, he was able to get a better deal than I was. And, uh, that didn't make me very happy. But you know what's interesting is when we think about resisting our fathers as we grow, and sometimes that happens, how often do we resist the gifts that God has for us as his children? He loves us. Maybe we think, well, I've got this covered. God, I don't need you here. And you probably wouldn't admit that, but your actions certainly would, would do that. Or maybe you ignore what, you know, what your Heavenly Father would want, or you'd avoid it, or maybe you'd start to question, okay, God, you know, you know how, what is the best in a situation? Or maybe you just forget 
that God has these great gifts for us. And you start walking through life, and you, and you, you miss the Holy Spirit's help. You resist, and you end up doing things on your own. You know, as your baby, uh, when our kids were young, my kids would jump to me, you know, from wherever, and they would trust. As they get a little older, my son now, he's five, in the pool just this last week, we were teaching him to swim in the deep end. I'm saying, all right, buddy, you'll jump to me. I'll get you. You just swim to me. He's saying, move closer. He starts asking questions. <laughs> he's, he's not trusting so much. And, uh, you know, and, and the older we get, we start to question, we start to ask, and, uh, and that's not all bad. But, you know, when God says to come, why don't we come? with reckless abandonment? Why don't we jump in? Instead, sometimes we resist. Well, this morning, I want us to see that the gifts that God has for us, they are for our benefit. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, now to each one, and uh, Tim Enlow said last week, to each circumstance, to each, each uh, encounter that we may be having, now, in each circumstance, the manifestation of the Spirit, so the gifts of the Spirit are given for what? For the good of those that they're given. The Holy Spirit gives good gifts in the moment of our need, and they're for us, and they're good, and it's so important. There are three different lists, at least, in the Bible that list the different spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the gift of wisdom, or the, the Holy Spirit, uh, the uh, Spirit's gift of knowledge, or gift of faith, or gift of healing and miraculous power, the gift of prophecy, the gift of, of um, distinguishing of spirits, the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, right? In Ephesians 4, 11, it talks about the gifts of, the, of being an apostle or a prophet or a teacher, pastor, evangelist. And then in Romans 12, I love this list of gifts, the Holy Spirit gifts, the gift of prophecy again, the gift of serving, the gift of teaching, encouraging, the gift of generosity that can well up within us, the gift of leadership, and the gift of mercy. These gifts are for us given freely in each circumstance at the moment of our need if we are open to allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us. Think about it for a moment, how we can go through life and how many of us need the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our marriage. Amen. We need the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of serving our spouse. I'll tell you, Jessica is a servant she is incredible, constantly working, and, and our home is always neat and picked up, and my, I, I have a never-ending supply of undershirts, and it seems like they never end, although she was saying last night that I don't, she'll get them all the way to the restroom or to the bathroom, and uh, they never get into the drawer, she's saying, and then she comes back a couple days, and she has to put them in there. Did you notice I put them away this morning? I'm not sure. I can't commit to anything that I'll continue to do that. But my wife is amazing. She's always serving. And, 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 and that's so important. How many, when we raise our kids, we say, man, this is tough. We never realized raising kids could be so tough. But man, as our kids get older, how important is it to have a spirit of discernment, a spirit of, of knowledge or a gift of knowledge 
to be able to deal with our kids. I know my mom seemed to excel in the gift of knowledge. She would know things without us even saying anything, that something was wrong or something had happened, and she would just lovingly just wait for us to share, and that's important. But at work, wouldn't it be great to flow in the gift of faith? And we're out to uh, making a sale, and, and we're saying, you know what? Uh, I'm trusting God, and God is going to supply that a gift of faith would well up inside of us. How many of us at times get knocked down? We get physically worn out, maybe a cold or the flu. Maybe there's a physical touch that we need, and we need gifts of healing to be working in our lives. You know, I thought about it all week. Last week at, um, at uh, Connect 301, I was playing with a pen, and I jammed the pen into my gums. I was like playing them with my mouth, and it slipped, and, and it like ripped a big portion of my, and it was, it was not pretty. And as soon as I did it, I'm thinking, man, this is going to hurt all week. And uh, it wasn't until last night, as I was reviewing my message, that I even asked God to touch it and to take away the pain. And I'm saying, man, Holy Spirit, he may have been wanting all this week to, to do something great, but I was, I, I was resisting. I, did, I wasn't even in tune. So last night I prayed, and, and thankfully, this morning, it is, uh, there's almost no pain. It is almost gone. Thank the Lord for that. Because it kind of turned to a, uh, like this raw sore, and it was, it's been painful all week. I've been complaining all week, haven't I? But man, how about in our friendships? All right, those of us that have friends, right? It, the gift of mercy would well up within us to, to extend mercy in a situation or a gift of generosity to be benevolent to someone? How many are uh, in the dating mode? Are anybody in, the, uh, in that age group? All right, there's a few, all right? How many know that, boy, if you, yeah, no, no, you're, well, there's, you're still dating, I know. But yeah, there you go. Uh, couples can still date, of course. But how much, you know, when we're dating, if, if the gift of serving would well up within us, and we'd serve the person we're trying to court. Wouldn't that be a great way to start a relationship? Now, I think the tongue's interpretation, that should be till later, till marriage, um, but, uh, but the rest of the gifts can be active in your life. I'm not sure why I said that. But, uh, but in every area of our life, God wants us to be active, to be used for his glory. Nate, you'll get that later, okay? But wait, all right? Don't, don't go there, all right? God wants us to use. You know, I was thinking about God's gifts and how much it helps us in our time of need, and I need God's help right now, I can tell, that it's like this, that if you wanted to dig a hole in your background or backyard for a pool, you could do it with a shovel, right? But God's gift is like bringing in a backhoe and getting it done in an afternoon, you could get to Florida by walking. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's like jumping in the car, putting it on cruise control, or even better yet, getting in a plane and flying to Florida. The Holy Spirit, His gifts are to help us. See, I could saw through a, a piece of wood with a handsaw, and I could wear myself out, but if I could get a chainsaw, I can run through all kinds of wood as long as the blades are sharp. Or I could jump in a canoe, right? And I can row down the river, right? But man, I'm not going to tow anybody behind me. I can't have anyone uh, tube behind me. 
until I get in a bigger boat, a ski boat or something like that with a, with a big engine. How much more powerful, how much more fun, I think, <laughs> in those moments from a rowboat or a canoe to those. And see, God's gifts, they were promised for us, for each of us. And they are freely given as the Spirit wills. In each circumstance, at our point of need, the Holy Spirit wants to pour out these gifts on us. And you know what's interesting? The Holy Spirit, He was at work throughout Genesis through Revelation. In the Old Testament, it was prophesied about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And in Isaiah 44, 3. And in Ezekiel, in a couple different spots. It was prophesied that the gift of the Holy Spirit would be given. And then in the New Testament, John the Baptist was, was going about teaching, and he said, you know, I baptize you now with water, but one that's coming, I, that I'm not even worthy to wash his feet, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And God wants to do that. He wants us to be active, to be working. Jesus himself promised the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, Jesus is talking with his disciples. And in verse 15 it says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. You say, well, what's this counselor? He says, it's the spirit of truth. In verse 26, he says, but the counselor, again, using that term, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit, that power is active, it's available for us to be used, to be using in our lives, in our marriages in our businesses, in our neighborhood, with our friends, as we date, as we, as we go along in life. But the problem is, is that we try to do things on our own. We try to do things without taking into consideration that the Holy Spirit wants to enable us to be more effective. In our marriages, we settle for our relationships with the Holy Spirit being put off to the side. As we raise our kids, we might get, we talk to each other maybe, but we forget to talk to God and ask for His wisdom, His discernment in a circumstance. As we're going through work and the mundane, we can get busy we can forget about the spirit of faith or the spirit of wisdom or knowledge in those moments to make those deals or to make that call or, or at the right time to say the right thing. What happens is we move through life on our own. We can live with pain. I can, I can live with a, this sore that I caused myself all week long and I, I, I didn't even think to pray about it. But with God... We are able to live in the supernatural. I was talking with the board members this last week about the supernatural. We do the natural. God is the one that does the super. 
We do what we can, and God kicks in with the power of the Holy Spirit to do what we are unable to do on our own, to give us wisdom beyond our own wisdom, to give us knowledge beyond our own knowledge, discernment. You fill in the gap. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's supernatural power. You know, when I would teach this to kids, as um, when I was a children's pastor, kids seemed to get this a little easier than adults many times. I remember one week I was talking about the gift specifically of faith and talking about the importance of believing God for the impossible. And Jessica and I, our two cars that we had, both of them within a week and a half period of time, both transmissions had gone out of our cars. And I'm speaking to the kids on Sunday about the gifts of faith. And one of my workers said, you know, we need to pray and ask God by faith that God's going to do something supernatural. John Mbagwu, an African gentleman. And I said, okay. And we brought all the kids forward and we prayed and we asked God. And it wasn't like there was fireworks or anything supernatural visibly at that point. But God did something incredible. I believe God honored the faith of those kids. And within a short period of time, within another week, we were able to get a loan, a 60-day same as cash, for the one transmission, because we did not have the cash to, to pay at that time. Um, the second one, a family in the church said, whatever the bill is for that transmission, we will pay. But then God went even beyond and I think I've shared this before. God was working with someone outside of our church, a wealthy, very wealthy family, had an Acura that they were done with. They had 60,000 miles. They put four brand new Michelin tires and had it serviced with Mobile One oil, and they gave it to us. It cost $6 to put it in our name. You cannot tell me that God did not answer the faith of those kids praying in that moment. And it was the power of God. It wasn't something that we could generate. And sometimes as, as teens or as adults, we may question. We say, well, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We ask, well, what is it going to look like? What is it going to feel like? What, you know, what should I do? What should I say? We try to figure things out. Or we say, well, power, I'm not so sure I'm open to uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to be guiding and directing, but power... Maybe we'll leave that for the, those that are fanatical, right? Those that are maybe on the edge. I don't want to cross that bound. And you know what happens? Is we often neglect, we resist what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in those moments. There's a great movie called Prince Caspian that I've watched it three or four times now. And every time I watch it, I think about the Holy Spirit. There's a scene in it where the, the children, uh, uh, the, the four kings, Peter, Edmund, Lucy, and Susan, they come back to Narnia, and Narnia was being led and kind of run by the Talmarinians. And you'll see in this scene that, uh, that the, the, the Narnians are getting defeated bad until Aslan, who is Jesus, basically, uh, in so many terms, starts to help. 
And you'll see here the trees come alive and the roots start growing and, 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 and the, whole, the whole thing starts to change. And at this moment, this guy says, you know what, if we retreat to the water, we will be able to defeat the Narnians. And they'll see here, well, let's go ahead and turn up the, the volume. Let's see how the power of the Holy Spirit, Aslan's magic, as they would say in the movie, made a difference in this scene. Aslan, as they called out, and Lucy stands there and pulls out that little knife. It's like, okay, what is this little girl doing? But in the natural, <laughs> the Narnians were not winning that war. The Telmarinians were defeating them bad. They had already lost a, a huge number. But as Aslan stepped in, and the power that he was able to bring, they were able to you know, go on to victory. And it's a great movie. It's a long movie. But, uh, but it's great. You know, the verse that leaps out to me, found in God's word, is that it's not by might nor power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And God wants you to be open to his gifts, being active 
in your lives. I don't care who you are. God wants to use you. And I'm wondering this morning, how open are you to the gifts that your Father wants to give? To the gifts that He wants you to use? Are you tired of doing things on your own, in your own strength? Do you need that extra power, that extra wisdom, extra discernment? The Bible says to ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you shall find. All we do is come to the Father and say, God, I'm open to be used by you. You may say, well, I'm okay. I'm doing fine. But do you want more than what you can do on your own? Like in this movie, the Narnians, they were actually, most of the movie, doing okay. But man, they had forgotten about Aslan. They thought maybe Aslan wasn't going to come back. You know, when I think about our lives, so often we settle for something less than what God wants. We, satisfy, we become satisfied with, with peanut butter and jelly, so to speak, when there's a steak dinner waiting for us, if we ask. I was going to bring in Logan's little bicycle at this point and uh, talk about riding a bicycle and a way to get around, and then I was going to have Nate Sawin bust through the door with a motorcycle and... Uh, and my wife said, maybe that's not a good idea. You know, you get the car- these carpets were just cleaned and, and uh, you know, the, the exhaust and smoke. But it's that kind of difference. Yeah, we can get around on a little bicycle. But how much more fun? <laughs> how much more powerful? How, fa- how much faster? How much, you know, more speed does, does God have for us in our time of need? And I'll tell you, wherever you are. It doesn't matter if you're the Dominican Republic this week or if you're at Publix, you know, checking out the grocery line. The power of the Holy Spirit is available if we're open to it. That's how it applies to us individually. But just real quick, I want to talk about how it applies to us as a body of believers and how important it is that we need the Holy Spirit's gifts active in our church to meet needs. There's a story about a construction worker who was uh, out on the job and he hurt his thumb on the job. Well, the foreman said to him, he said, go to the medical clinic. So the man walked through the door of the clinic and there was nothing in the clinic but two doors. One door said illness, the other said injury. Well, he went through the injury door and found himself in another room with two doors, one that said internal and one that said external. He looked at his thumb and hmm. so he walked through the external door into another empty room that had two more doors marked. One said therapy and one said treatment. So he went through the treatment door into yet another empty room with two doors marked, one minor and one major. He walked through the door that said minor, and found himself back out on the street. When the man returned to the job site, he says the foreman asked him if he had gotten any help. And the man answered, no, not really, but that was the best organized outfit I had ever seen. (laughs) Now, let's think about this for the church for a moment. If we have all our ducks in a row, and we are organized, and we, we have things in order but we're not meeting the need. 
we are no greater than the YMCA down the street. We have the potential to allow the Holy Spirit to work among us to meet every single need as the Spirit enables. In our greatest need, God will move on our behalf when we ask Him to. This morning, I want to take a moment here in just a moment to see if there's anyone here that is ready to make a decision for the Lord to turn their heart to Jesus. And I know we, we're in a situation where we, we know each other, most of each other, but if the Holy Spirit is prompting you, saying, you know, I've never asked Jesus in my heart, today is the day of salvation. We're going to do that in just a moment. But after we do that, I'm going to ask that we would take just a few moments before we head out for Father's Day to go spend time with our dads, to go spend time with our kids, to be with family. Before we do that, that we would spend a few moments with our Heavenly Father who wants to give good gifts. And Greg, I didn't ask you this before, but the CD, I think it's six or seven that we've been using, we're just going to put that on here in just a minute and spend a few moments. We don't have to linger long. I, I, you know, but let's ask the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives this week everyone's head bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you're saying, Pastor, I've never asked Jesus in my heart, and I'd like to make that decision. You know, the Bible says that we are all sinners. We're all fallen short of the glory of God. That means on our own strength that we are not able to make, to make it to an eternity with Jesus in heaven. But the Bible talks about a way that was created through his son. And the Bible says that through his son that we are set free from the bondage of sin. When we turn to Jesus, when we believe that he died on the cross for our sin and we believe that he lives, then we confess with our mouth, the Bible says, our sin. The Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And if you're here this morning, you're saying, Pastor, I need God to forgive me of my sin. I'd like you just to slip up your hand. No one's looking around. Just slip up your hand right where you are. Who here this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm asking Jesus to forgive me of all my sins. Anyone at all? I'm going to take a bold move here in just a second, and I'm going to ask each person, just to ask the person sitting next to you, if they've made that decision for the Lord. And on either side, just take a moment to do that. And if they said yes, then just you know, smile and say good. But if not, I want you just to catch my eye, okay? Have you, have you made that decision for the Lord? Is there anyone here? Take just a moment. Father, in this moment, our hearts are open to your power to be at work within us. I love the approach that Tim Enlow brought, that how practical and how real your gifts are for us. 
And in this moment, Lord, I pray that you would challenge young people to live by the Spirit. I would challenge young people to be active in wisdom and in knowledge and faith, being open to healing and miraculous powers, to be open to prophecy and distinguishing of spirits. Lord, as adults, I pray that we'd be open to tongues and interpretations, to gifts of prophecy, to, to gifts of the pastorate, to gifts of teaching and evangelism, that we would all be open to gifts of serving and teaching and generosity, leadership, and gifts of mercy. Lord, your gifts are good for us. And God, as a body, I pray that we would just seek every absolute last drop of what you have for us. And God will give you the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's just take a moment. If you have to go, I understand, but just take a moment before the Lord, just asking God. You may want to flip to that verse in uh, Mark, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 11. Read through that account. If you want to read through those lists of, of giftings, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, to flip through the word and ask God to give us the things that he wants for us this morning. And when you're finished praying, you are dismissed. There's not going to be an official dismissal. But let's seek the Lord in all that God has for us this morning. Amen? You may want to move and come forward. If you feel led to go pray with someone, I, I just challenge you, like Barb did last week, uh, just, just do it to give a word of encouragement or to be using any of those gifts. God, help us in this moment. Lord, we love you. We praise your name. Thank you, Jesus.